Houston, before we get started with the episode, uh, Monique, did you have anything you want to say? Just that maybe like, I don't know, 98% of the work that I do is behind the scenes and okay. quiet. Okay. So I really appreciate you keeping me in mind and okay. inviting me to come in and be okay. on the show. All right. All right. Excited to talk with you today. Okay. Okay. Um, a couple of birthday shout outs. I want to say happy belated to my, my dog, uh, Cliff Morris, head coach, Walter Basketball. Um, happy belated birthday to Todd Lewis. Um, happy belated birthday to Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. Oh, yes. The marathon um, continues. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, happy belated birthday to, well, no, 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 happy, not happy belated birthday, but happy birthday to my dog, Addy of Addy Daddy Seasonings. His oh, birthday is on the 18th. And, uh, happy birthday, Addy. Yeah, so uh, Houston, Texas, let's get into the episode. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Chicken, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my body. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 26 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. My name is John Ross Dyke the first, and before we get started with the episode, Monique, I want to introduce our social media handles okay. so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Okay. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. If you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my Facebook page, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Monique. Um, I only have one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's Instagram. Okay. So you can follow me at I am Writer Bay. That's W R I T E R B A E. All one word. Okay. I am writer babe. Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, a couple of household rules. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode pack number 19. Well, I'm sorry. Episode pack number 25. Last episode, I wore this What's Next episode podcast t-shirt. But you can get the five, the three right here uh, at, a, at, a, at a special rate. Inbox me on Instagram or Twitter or send me an email, stillvisionaryinc at gmail.com for those. Um, Monique, before we get started with the episode again, um, I want to first and foremost apologize to you, okay? I was a little tardy, 
Just a little bit. I was a little tardy, okay? I was a little, little tardy. tardy. We, you know, but I'm feeling good today because we, um, we won this tournament that we were doing uh, for high school volleyball today. So it, it's been a, it's been a, a great day thus far. Okay. And uh, you know, my wife always complains about me coming into the house smelling like outside, right? So I didn't want to do you like that. And so I, I appreciate that. No doubt. I appreciate no doubt, the respect, no doubt. <laughs> the forethought. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. The consideration, no I doubt. appreciate all it. I appreciate that, man. So um, uh, I apologize for being late. So in knowing that I was going to be late, right, I wanted to make sure. See, I say that this is the hottest podcast in the city. Okay. Right? This is the hottest podcast in the city because it's self-produced, okay? And I make every T-shirt that I wear on the podcast, right? So right. I was thinking, I looked at the email you sent me about the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, which we're going to get to in a few, right? And I was thinking, what can I do different to up the level? Okay. All right, what can I do different to up the level? I looked at your uh, your signature at the end of the email. Okay. Right, and I didn't. I don't have the official logo, but I, I took your um, logo and I put it on a shirt what? for you. So I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to present that to you. Thank just you know, you. just to show you that you know, uh, you know, this is the hottest podcast in Houston, Texas. And, um, you know, to lead into this, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're moving seasons. And if you need anything pressed or printed, I'm your guy. Holler at me, man. Still visionary underscore. I'm sorry. Still underscore visionary on, on IG and Twitter. So how are you? I'm well. Okay. Cannot complain. Okay. How about you? Well, um, I know you're doing well. Y'all I'm, won your tournament. Yes. I'm I'm well, too. I'm well, too. Uh, in high spirits. Uh, the school year is getting ready to start. Mm-hmm. So uh, that means that we're back uh, in the flow of things, waking up early in the morning right. and uh, trying to get to school on time, punching in, punching out. So uh, when I get moments to uh, on the weekend to do this podcast, it's a uh, it's a lovely feeling. I bet it's that creative. Yes. That creative release is always a nice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, listen, I believe that creativity comes from experiences. Okay. Would you agree? I would. Okay. Um, you know, and you never know what people will end up doing that you knew in college. Everybody goes to college, and we figure because we're all in college, we're uh, going to get this four-year degree. We're mm-hmm. going to go out and, and make society a better place. And then uh, then along that path, somebody gets the notion to, i.e., become a poet, or i.e., start a journey of acting, rapping, music, musicianship, whatever. And writing a book, which you you so happen to have done, right? I did do that. So, um, I forgot one thing. Houston, Texas. My, uh, uh, I apologize. This is this so out of order. I should have written it down. But my editor is doing her own. She she just launched her blog. Her name is Tempest Green. Make sure that you check out her blog at tempestlives.org. All right, tempestlives.org. But back to you, Monique. So, creativity comes from experiences, right? Creativity comes from experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, people decide that they want to do certain things in life, right? Take us back to what you did after you graduated from college. Okay. Well, I graduated back in December of 2008. Okay. So that was around the time that the economy was, like, not popping. Okay. And I 
I knew I wanted to write mm-hmm. specifically. I wanted to do uh, like film and television. Okay. Um, but I felt really kind of lost at that time, just mm-hmm. like in terms of the best way to pursue something like that, especially mm-hmm. with the pressures of feeling like now that I'm out of school, I need to be working. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to be more independent. Mm-hmm. So it was just a lot going on at that particular time, which is what actually inspired the story, mm-hmm. which because I felt like if I'm feeling like that, and I have some friends who feel like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that transitional period from their carefree, you know, childhood days, if you will, mm-hmm. into young adulthood, mm-hmm. um, where you're 100 percent responsible for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not always a smooth transition. Um, so that's what actually inspired the story. And I could, on- and even though I'm interested in film and television, I could only see that story as a novel. That's the way I saw it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what inspired me to go ahead and write the book. Okay, so 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 when you said a book, you're talking about the the, the current er- excerpt that you sent me to read and check out, or you talking about the one before? That's a that's an interesting story. Okay, because it's kind of they're both kind of the same thing. Okay, so well, listen, we got time. Okay, okay, let's look. I want I want to so get everything get into out. It. Yes, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so when I wrote the book initially, um, the title of that novel was The Graduate, and again, it was inspired just by that feeling of what comes next. Mm -hmm. How do I fill the void or bridge the gap between what I thought my life was going to be and Mm -hmm. what it actually is? Mm -hmm. So that was the inspiration for the story. Of course, you know, juiced up for Mm -hmm. your entertainment. Of course, of course. But um, that was the foundation of it. So when I wrote that, again, I was trying to establish myself, um, just kind of get my bearings in general, career-wise and, you know, just otherwise. So it took me, I worked on it in my spare time on and off for about, like, two or three years. And so once it was done, um, I was very proud of it. We put it out. Um, But after all the fanfare and everything died down and I was looking over it again, I just personally felt like, it was a good start, but I felt like I could bring more to the story. Okay. So for a period of time after that, I just kept thinking about how, oh, I wish I would have approached a certain thing a certain way. Or I wish I would have did this this other way mm-hmm. and to the point where I didn't feel inspired. I wanted to move on, work on other projects. I just couldn't. I couldn't move past that point. Mm-hmm. So I finally just had a conversation with myself and said, well, then just. Go in and fix it. Whatever is bothering you about it, just go in and fix it. And then you can remove that mental block and move on to other things. So that's what you read was me kind of retooling the original story. So I kept the same message, the same feel, the same essence of it. Mm. But I just retooled it so that it, because I've just grown as a writer. You know how it is when Mm. you're creative. You're constantly evolving and growing and studying and doing things. So... I wanted it to reflect in the work. Okay. Um, so it, it's basic. It's the same story, but not. It's retooled. It's the remix, if you will. Okay. So that's that's how I got from the original story to this one. Okay. Okay. So you uh so so you went to college at U of H. I did. Okay. And uh, what was your major? Communications. Communications. Okay. So did you take like a, a writing class when you were going through your major that, well, that kind of inspired it or? Well, uh, I always wanted to write. Okay. My whole life since age like nine or so, something okay. like that, okay. elementary school. Okay. I always wanted to write. So I always knew that. I didn't really know in the beginning what that meant or like how one becomes that. Yeah. But I 
also just put that part out of my mind and just figured when it's time for me to know, I'll know. Mm -hmm. But that's what I want to do. So I always known. So when I got to school, I did study communications. My uh, concentration was media production. Okay. So I got kind of an introduction, if you will, to um, television television production through mm-hmm. that. And I ended up right before I graduated, maybe the semester before I graduated or a year before, I added um, English creative writing as one of my minors. Okay. So that was my first like formal introduction to the craft of writing Mm -hmm. because growing up I was always writing stuff make creating stories I was always doing stuff I didn't know what I was doing but I was always dabbling so that experience was my very first experience like having somebody who knows what they're talking about knows what they're doing peers who've been studying this forever sit in a room with me and kind of school me in like just the craft part of it Mm -hmm. so I was pretty new in terms of when I wrote the the graduate, my first novel, I was pretty new to kind of more of a formal way of approaching literature, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think I kind of felt always like it was okay. Like I'm proud of the effort. I'm proud of the result, but I know it still could have been even better than that if mm-hmm. I had sat with it for a while longer. Mm-hmm. So that's really what just motivated me to, you know, retool it. But when I, in retooling it, I got really into it. So it actually inspired a sequel, mm-hmm. which is also um, the new one is done. The sequel is done. And then I have an outline for a third one that I haven't started yet, but is in the works. That's what always fascinates me about um, being a creative or becoming a creative. The fact that you could have a desire. Right. And then your desire is met by just experiences from your from your life and what mm-hmm. you've experienced and what you're experiencing so the fact that you it's almost like like um i don't not many people know this okay, okay? back in my heyday when i was uh at university of houston too i uh, i had uh when president obama was going into office mm-hmm. i had done this whole little tour where i went to new york i was staying in pennsylvania and my homegirl, Kimberly Celestine, was living in um, Delaware. Okay. So I went out there for the inauguration, and a crazy experience happened to me while I was out there. I started to jot it down. 55,000 words later, I thought I was going to write a book. Okay. I'm just, in all honesty, I thought I was going to write a book. Then I got into a relationship with my with my now wife then, and the, the inspiration behind the book that was driving the book because the book was supposed to be a love story of a guy who meets a girl right and he keeps in contact with her um over the phone right and at arm's length he kind of they kind of he realizes where his position is in her life and goes from that aspect as 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 opposed to trying to become that love interest he coaches her to get to her love interests so So, I mean, I fell out of it because I no longer, like, I mean, I would write towards it every day. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I mean, I have a goal. I want to write a thousand words today, and I would do that. And I, I did it on my dad's time, and I just never finished it. But I still have yeah. it. It's 55,000 words. So if I could give it to anybody to complete it, I would love to. Okay. Well, you know, I am an author, screenwriter, and ghostwriter. Okay. Yeah, I, so saw that, I saw that. Can, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I would, we I would, can finish that. I would, love, I would love to send it to you to for you to read it to to tell me what you think about it. Okay, I'd love to take a look. So, so um, 
the one thing that I loved about the little the book that you sent me to read, the past the part that you sent me to read was the descriptiveness about it. I love the way see, I you know, sometimes when I'm reading books, I can kinda nod off. I'm not very I'm not a really strong reader. Okay. I can kinda nod nod off. With your book, my biggest thing with your book was was finding time to to sit down and read it. Mm-hmm. The moment I read it, from the first line I read, I was captivated. Okay, yeah. and I wanted to tell you that I wanted to save it because you had hit me. You was like, "Just tell me what you think in the email," and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna wait because I want I want it to be authentic when I say it. I don't want to have to say it outside of here and then repeat it again." Right. But I thought it was um, I thought it was captivating. I thought that um, if it if it was it it seemed real to me. Like like this is really what's going on, but it's just that. You changed that name. You changed that name, and 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 when you said, I had a, I, I I wrote down a question, and I'll get to that question in a second. But I just love the way that you described your movements in it, how you and and your friend. I don't know if that was you. Well, no, it was based the way I felt when I was graduating inspired uh-huh. the book, but it's not necessarily anything that happened to me. Okay, if it was what happened to me, you would be bored. And no, well, tears. well, well, that's what that's what I believe made the book so interesting because this is what people go through. Right. You know, you um you uh have a friend that you come up with and y'all go to college, but then whatever profession that y'all take on kind of splits you a right. little bit. Kind of splits you a little bit. So Whereas you're thinking that you can always rekindle right. that that childhood, you know, um, association, mm-hmm. association, camaraderie, that professionalism that you acquire kind of puts you off. Life just takes you in different directions. Correct. Sometimes. Correct. So that part, I think. So I think the themes of the book are pulled directly from reality. And that's what I love. The about themes it. of the book, because like everybody has this grand idea of what their life is going to be when they when they're in school or when they're preparing for school or even for people who don't go to like a traditional college or university, if they go to trade school, if Mm -hmm. they go, if they learn on the job, et cetera, like everybody has this grand idea of what their life is going to be. And then you get in the real world. And for 99.9% of people, it is not that way. Mm -hmm. And some people can adapt much easier than others. Um, For the, for those of us who had a hard time adapting, you just kind of flounder. You are, you're, you're just out there. You're lost. You're trying to figure it out. You're not getting it. And that feeling of, I should be doing more, but I'm not, or I should know what I'm doing, but I don't. That feeling of not knowing what's going on. Some people cope with that in healthy ways and some mm-hmm. people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course that's the route I took for the graduate, mm-hmm. um, which is I'm probably going to, I'm going to put this out and I probably will give it a new name just to kind of separate it from my first endeavor. But that's what inspired it ultimately. And I think that for the characters in the book, because I wanted it to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of like, I, I gassed it a little bit. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. threw some things in there just to make it, like you said, captivating. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be entertaining. I wanted it to feel like a page turner, like you want to know what's going to happen with this person. Mm-hmm. So that part of it, you know, the juice, if you will, mm-hmm. that part, that's the fiction part. Okay. Um, but the themes of it and just the feelings associated with it and having friends that grow apart and then try to get it back together, relationships, issues that you have at that stage in life, et cetera, those are the, that that's the part that I ripped directly from, you mm-hmm. know, okay. probably everybody's diary. I think everybody goes through stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I did um, a web series in 2012. 
right? And the portion that I wrote, I um, I um, wrote that my love interest in the show and I went to Howard University. I read here that you um, that something about Grambling State. You said you said the central central uh, Texas something graduate from Gramlin State. Was there basically and and that was just a little bit of a backstory right okay. there yeah, in yeah, the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah, um yeah. just saying that the protagonist and her friend okay. like grew up, left their hometown, went to Grambling, you know, had this amazing college experience, okay. got their degrees, okay. moved back. And so now at this point in the story is where they're basically starting their lives. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, that, so I just had them go, I just wanted them to go, um, I really wanted to like include an HBCU. Yes. And, okay. You that, know, that's, just kinda, that's what I was getting I just to. wanted to bring that into it. So I don't delve deep into that, uh-huh. but it is like a part of her story. Okay. Yeah. Cause I wanted to ask, what was the, what was the, um, idea behind including the, the HBCU? Yeah. Grammar? I just wanted it to feel like. Well, first, I had them come because, like you said, um, our experiences inspire our our creative endeavors, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. I'm from Texas, so a lot of the stuff I write is about the places that I've lived. So Mm -hmm. um, with them being from Texas, I wanted them to go somewhere that was within a, you know, like not super far away. Like they're not going across the country, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Like Mm -hmm. they're going somewhere that's not too far. And plus, like when you come from a smaller town and you're just really looking to engross yourself in new experiences, you want to be around like-minded people, you want a sense of community, you Mm -hmm. know, all of this. So I felt like that was a good, like that was a good place to have them go. But again, I don't delve into it at all Mm -hmm. because my biggest thing is authenticity. Like I want it to feel real. And since that's not a school that I went to Mm -hmm. and I didn't have those experiences, I didn't want to like fabricate some. So I don't delve deep into that part of it, but that was the kind of the thinking behind the choice behind the decision. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, I had the same, pardon me. I had the same, um, idea when I, when I wrote uh, that portion of me and my girlfriend at the time attending Howard University because I hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say, well, we, like, for example, I didn't want to say that we we went to play bowling in the in the den. Right. You know what I'm saying? And not have been there. So, um, um, but I thought that was interesting. What I want to do is I want to read a oh, portion well. of the book. You sure? Yes, I do. I want to because I want to. I want to show the descriptiveness. I'm just gonna read a, like a, a, a paragraph. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get through it. You know what I'm saying? I had to read it once or twice because I was practicing for this moment. Okay. Hold on. Hold on, right quick. Hold on, it's my wife. Hold on. Yo. Hello. Hello. Hey, look. Okay, so let's get back to it. So, um, I tugged on my velvety thigh-high boots, straightening one, then the other, before deciding the answer was no, especially since everyone else's fashionable functional layers were a much better match for the frigid February night air. I love that. I think that, uh, and as I was reading, I could see myself in February. I could see you or whoever that person was. <laughs> and that's a common thing I could that see happens. Whoever like, that when person you write was. something, everybody assumes that everything you write, like you're, you are the character in everything that you write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assure you, I am not that interesting. Okay. 
I, I, I really enjoyed that. And when I read it, I was like, man, I was like, mm, okay, you're getting good. So my whole thing was, and, and maybe I got to wait till the book comes out, but Ethan, mm-hmm. did she dip out on it? You know what? She gets out there. And for the people who supported my first novel, like you already have a sense of what the story is and like how it goes and what happens. Because, again, I kept the same themes, the same essence of the story. The plot is basically the same. What is new and improved is the craft around Mm -hmm. it, like the tone, the voice, the um, tension, et cetera, the descriptions, mm-hmm. uh, the prose, like that part is tighter. It's yeah. more concise. Like yeah. I'm very, very proud of the retooling, but yeah, she does. Uh, yeah, she gets, she gets out there a little bit. Like I said, some people who are feeling lost, they cope with that in different ways. Yeah. And so that's the way that she decided to kind of cope with this idea of what her life had become uh-huh. was to totally, it like basically find a distraction from that, okay. a distraction from the things that she didn't like okay. about her life. Okay. So um, today is um, August the seventeenth, two thousand nineteen, and we and we have one hundred and thirty six days left in two thousand and nineteen. What do you hope to attain in those hundred and thirty six days? Um, and let me let me let me preface um, before you answer that question. See, uh, I. Um, ask you that question because I started that timeline as a way to keep myself aligned with what I need to do in this in the in the year okay so um, as the time goes I hope to have accomplished something every day whether it be I'm a better editor whether it be uh, I've watched a few videos on how to podcast set up my podcast mm-hmm. and do all of that so when I pose that question to the creators that come on I just want to know what it is, and it's a different question than the question I'll ask you in the end, but I want to know what it is that you have in line for the for the rest of the year. Okay. I have an answer for that. Okay. Because I, too, am somebody who is always thinking ahead and planning ahead, and at really at the end of every year, my husband and I kind of do our goals for the year mm-hmm. kind of as a, a family. So I already know what I want to accomplish for throughout the rest of this year. Okay. Um, I'm kind of shifting gears. Like I said, I have the, the, you, the book that you started to read. I gave you like maybe the first two or so chapters or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so I have that one. I have the sequel and then I have the, not the third, uh, the third book in the series that I plan to finish at some point. Um, but once I'm done with that, I'm going to hang up my hat on writing my own books Okay. because I think maybe around this time last year, I had an epiphany. I feel like the Lord was like kind of waking me up and reminding me that writing the book was something I did because that's the only way I could envision that particular story. Mm -hmm. Not because I wanted to be an author. Remember, um, I think I said earlier, I always wanted to work in film and television. Mm -hmm. I want to write screenplays. I want to write teleplays. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. You're right up my alley. Perfect. Yes. So what I will be doing and have been doing throughout this year is building up my portfolio as it relates to screenwriting Mm. because and though I've done some small projects here and there like I worked on a web series Mm. like I do like people will tap me on the shoulder who know that I'm a writer and and kind of bring me in to help them with certain things but nothing major um so now I'm kind of all that same energy I put into becoming a great um author because I spent many years 
trying to get that craft right. Like it was really important to me that the work speak for itself. So I'm talking about constant self-study, reading books, writing stuff, rewriting stuff, conferences, workshops, Mm. all of that. So, Mm. which is why I've been growing and just like hitting a creative stride in a way that I really never have before. Like I'm Mm. in a really good place. Mm -hmm. Um, But that same energy, I'm just redirecting it towards screenwriting. Mm -hmm. So I already developed my own um, television series, Mm -hmm. you know, on paper. So Mm -hmm. it's so I have my pilot script. I have my story Bible Mm -hmm. and my character descriptions. I have my season one outline. um, So I have all of that done. And now I've just started outlining a feature script. Mm -hmm. Um, I just finished outlining it like yesterday I think Mm -hmm. um so probably next week I'll start writing that and when I'm done with that um I want to also do a spec script maybe for like a sitcom or something just Mm -hmm. so I have like a portfolio of work Mm -hmm. that's ready to go because an opportunity is not going to find me unprepared Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna have my portfolio ready my resume is ready like I'm ready to go okay so that's what I'm working on through the end of this year and then aside from that because I have put so many years and so much effort into becoming a good author I don't want to totally abandon that just because I don't have an interest in writing my own stories, which is why I started ghostwriting. Okay. So I got a certification in uh, ghostwriting so I could learn how to write books for other people in their voice. Mm -hmm. Cause I can't use my, I can't use my voice. That's not, you have an idea, you have a story that you want to take from an idea to a finished property. You need somebody to kind of guide you through that process. I want to do that for you, but I want, it to be yours. So mm-hmm. I, I learned how to write in the client's voice and also just learned the business of writing books for other people as well. Okay. So the certification helped me with all of that. And um, I just started working with an author who wants to write something on financial literacy. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm going to be doing through the end of the year, maybe into early hold next on, year hold as on, well. Because you, you, you get into the question I'm going to ask you last week. Hold that nugget for okay. us. Hold that nugget for us. Let's go here. What song is on your mind right now? Um, the song I was actually listening to on the way here was "Middle Child" okay. J Cole. Okay, are and you a I middle child? I'm not, okay. not in real life. Okay, like I have two older sisters and an older brother, uh-huh. but so I'm the baby. Okay. but the reason why I feel like that's relevant and mm-hmm. why that was kind of on my mind coming in is because I think. Career-wise, I do feel like the middle child. Mm. Like, in my day job, I'm an academic advisor. So I have the youth coming into my office every day, and I am giving away the game. Like, I am literally telling them everything that I wish somebody would have told me when I was on the other side of the desk. Mm -hmm. So, And I really cherish that position to be able to help them define their goals, Mm. um, create an action plan for pursuing that, thinking about next steps after school, like just preparing them. Um, and I work with creatives, mm. ironically enough. I work in the School of Arts, so mm. I work with creatives. So I'm all about helping the the folks coming after me. But at the same time, I've hit my creative stride, but I haven't figured it all out yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know everything. Yeah. So I look to, you know my friends in my head, you know, the people who are in the industry, who are in the game right now, who are just killing it. And I'm kind of looking to them as like my big sisters, if you will, like my mentors, my friends in my head to kind of help guide this next phase that I'm going into. Yeah. So um, the song that's on my mind, I've got two, um, actually. 
The first one uh, um, is uh, I want to dedicate it to uh, Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace again. I want to go real big with him. Um, I think in the end, my end goal, I want to just be the biggest. Okay. okay? I want to be the biggest. Um, so I want to go real big. Uh, Nipsey Hussle featuring Marsha Ambrosius. And uh, the second one, I had a young lady on my podcast uh, on episode number 19. And just like this episode, that episode was the first time that I spoke to an R&B artist and we delved into her album. We're delving into your book this episode. But um, what I want to do differently this go around is I want to actually put the video in this episode. Okay. All right. So um, the the two song, the songs that are going to be on this video are Damn Pride and Friday Night. She actually spoke about that on the podcast. And it's a funny story. I was... I subscribe to her channel. That's the thing about me. When you have done something, the world will know that you've done something. I'm speaking about you, the author, screenwriter, and ghostwriter, because as soon as I find out, I'm going to share it along. I feel feel that as artists, that's what we need. Support as an artist is is the easiest and most inexpensive thing that we we can be lent. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that as an artist, I know you're an artist, I know she's an artist. What I want to do is I want to make sure that, at least from my end, if I feel that you're dope and I'm riding with you, I want everybody to know that you're dope. I want everybody to know that I'm riding for you. So I'm watching, pardon me, I'm watching, uh, I'm just, I guess, looking at my YouTube channel and I see that a video popped up from her, right? Okay. So I watched the video. And I mean, I heard the EP and I was already in love with the EP. So I watched the video and the first thing I do is I share it to my Tumblr. I share it to Facebook and I hit Kennedy up and I'm just like, hey man, the video dropped. And she's like, what video? So she didn't know that it had dropped. Okay. But this is the type of fan that I am. I'm always watching and looking to support the people I rock with. So I asked for a blessings to put this video up. Houston, Texas. This video, Damn Pride and Friday Night, I just seen it. I think you'll love it. The tracks are beautiful. This is for Demario. Shout out to y'all. They'll be back on the podcast later on. But you're now watching and listening to episode number 26, and we're going to get ready to get into Damn Pride and Friday Nights. Peace and blessings. Let me show you what you're missing, you're missing 
Welcome back, Houston, Texas. Round of applause for that, man. I just, uh, Monique, I just love that song. I love that EP. Uh, the video was uh, a beautiful video. And the reason why I've, I feel so drawn is she sat um, literally in this same setup. Uh, Sir John Monet sat right there. Demaria sat right here. And they almost were in tears as to the reason why that, that video didn't drop. So 
Uh, episode number 19 is now streaming on my podcast. Oh, and we're on Spotify. So uh, we left off. This is where I wanted to pick up with you, right? Um, Eve, um, um, you remember Eve from mm-hmm. college. I do. He had a lyric one time that said, um, um, "This, oh, damn it, I don't want to misquote it, but he, it, 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 it alluded to the fact that being a creative was too much for a relationship, right? So in that, because it's, 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 it's almost two sides pulling you. It's the relationship, the personal side, mm-hmm. and it's the endeavors, your your desire mm-hmm. on this side. So they're pulling you. So it was like time to split. You're married. I'm married. Talk to us about how um, the support of your husband plays a, uh, plays a role in, in your career. The support of my husband is absolutely everything. Okay. Um, when Because we're a family unit. Okay. We have goals as a couple. Mm-hmm. We have joint goals. Uh-huh. Um, but outside of that, mm-hmm. he has his career goals and I have mine. Yeah. Um, but he's known me for so long. Yeah. We've been dating. Well, we started dating in 2007. Okay. And, you know, we were on and off for all those years until we got more on than off. Okay. And then we got engaged. We got married. Okay. You know, we have this life together. So he knows me. He knows that this is innate, that this is built in me, that I was made for this. Yeah. And he's done nothing but back me up and support me the entire way. Okay. Like, even when I was too scared to step outside of my comfort zone, he's right behind me to shove me mm-hmm. forward and mm-hmm. help me keep going and listens to me talk about stuff that I know he doesn't really care about, but he's engaged and he's giving feedback and, you know, he's just a part of it. And he's, and he knows that this is what makes me happy. He wants me to be happy. So he's, he's with me and rocking with me a hundred percent. So I think it is all about, having the right partner because yeah. if you have somebody who doesn't understand that sometimes I can't go to the party because this is the only free time I have and mm. I need to lock myself in a room for 12 hours so I can finish writing this chapter or whatever you need somebody who can understand that yeah. if they don't get it then yeah I can see that causing some friction yeah so uh, be, and the reason why I asked that is because um I remember there was a point in time where y'all had moved Mm-hmm. We moved a couple times. Okay, and I think one of the places you moved was Orlando. This is my. Mm-hmm. This might have been. This might have been what two thousand. I want to say we, eight, nine. No, not that far back. Okay, we got because we got engaged in twenty twelve. Okay. And, okay. And okay. then um, I actually had gotten late, and he was living in Vegas at that time for his work. He had okay. gotten a promotion. He moved to Vegas. Okay. Um, and then when I got laid off, I moved out there with him. We were engaged at that point. Okay. Um, and then right before we got married, um, he was transferred to Orlando. Yes, okay. To okay. the Orlando area, so we moved out there. So that was 2013. Yeah. Um, and we were there for about three years, I think, yeah. before we com- we came back to Houston. I remember, I remember that vividly because I think that you had done some kind of act thing or something like that i did and i was like okay she big time she she and 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 when i say big time i don't necessarily mean that you're making the top dollars that we we aspire to make Mm -hmm. and what we love to do i just really mean that okay i see her grinding i see i see you working and at the time if it was 2013 i know i had started acting around that time period um uh, hosting my largest galas and stuff like that but i remember distinctively seeing you Mm -hmm. in that light and i was like okay i think i even messaged you i don't know if i did but i i think i have a message i was like okay i see i see you because the commonality that we had was orlando i stayed in orlando for about eight months working at uh at disney world as a cp kid okay and um yeah, I I just thought that that was I was like okay. I think okay. I actually took that class right before we were leaving to come back to Houston. Okay. So that was like twenty. 
2015 or maybe early 2016, okay. which I regret. If I had done it earlier, I probably would have done more classes because that was just a really dynamic experience and yeah. a really dynamic environment. Yeah. Um, the school that I was at, um, shouts, shouts out to Class Act Studios in Orlando, Florida. I remember it now. Yeah. I remember the flyer too. They were so, because I was green. Do you okay. hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't act. I don't okay. do any of that. But because mm-hmm. I do have an interest in television and film and I want to write and who knows, you know that sometimes can lead to other things like mm. producing, directing, etc. Mm. I realized that I don't have any experience working with actors yeah. and I wanted to understand their process. Mm. I wanted to understand what goes into that. And plus I, it, I felt like it would help me in terms of my writing. If I can understand how actors are approaching the script, yes. like kind of reverse engineering in a way yeah. then I know how to put it together yeah. in a way that suits them. So that's what brought me to the class. Yeah. And when I got there, they really it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been mm-hmm. in my own skin. It you are so vulnerable. You are so exposed doing these scenes and mm-hmm. doing the work, et cetera. But it was really rewarding. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that I actually wasn't that bad Yeah, to say yeah. that I had never done it before. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if I had stuck with it that I really could have like add that's another skill I can add to my you know repertoire yeah. um and so maybe I will uh, return to that but I'm so impressed that you remembered that because yeah, that yeah, was listen, a while ago that we talked about listen that. when I, I sometimes you know I'm I'm looking at people on social media for reasons not to compare but just to see where they started off and where they're going because uh because I want people to see that in me you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so I, when I noticed that, I was like, okay, mm, okay. I, I thought about it, and I, I internalized it, and I was like, okay, I see, I see. I don't know where it's gonna lead, but I see it. So, so let's 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 dive into the craft of writing for you. Okay. So um, you come up with an idea, right? You come up with an idea, right? The graduate, right? What is the process like when you say, okay? you start to put pen to paper or I don't know if you put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. What is that process like? I think that process might look a little different for everybody, but for me, um, I'm an outliner. Okay. I can't just start typing and see where that leads me. Like I need a roadmap to tell me where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So I always start with first getting to know my characters Mm -hmm. because I need to know who they are kind of in the way that like, let's say your wife, for example, Mm -hmm. you probably know her better than anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. So if I gave you a hypothetical scenario right now, you could tell me how she would react in that scenario Mm -hmm. because you know her so well. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have to get to know my characters first. So I do like their whole background. Like I get to know them. I have an idea of the type of people they are. And I know the story I want to tell, so I put those people I created in these hypothetical situations, and I kind of high-level thinking, like bullet points, if you will, like I want her to get here and then here, and at some point we're going to get there, and you know, and I give myself this little roadmap, and then the process of writing is me filling in the gaps between the bullet points, like the details that get mm-hmm. me from point to point to point to point. Mm-hmm. So that's the process for me. Okay, so, so okay, so... um. Uh, what happens when you when you have um, writer's block? I have to step away from it. Mm-hmm. So usually, which is why I can be working on the same project for ever. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, when you said two to three years, I was like, ooh. That's but that's a- also because at of the time in my life that that was. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to get my life together. Yeah. Like, I had just got out of school, and I was new to this whole adulting thing. Yeah. And yeah. so the desire to write had to take a back seat to my 
laying a good foundation for my mm-hmm. my personal life. So mm-hmm. that's really the reason why it took me so long that first time. Um, but now, see, now it doesn't really take that long. Like I told you, like I already did my whole, I got a whole series ready mm-hmm. to go. I just need somebody to call me and say they want it, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So it doesn't take as long now. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. It's okay. What were we talking about? We're talking about uh, writer's block and you stepping oh, right. away. So I have to, I do step away. So, but not for years at a time though. Okay. Because that's what can lead to, well, I had this idea that one time that I never did anything with. Mm. I might step away for a couple of days, a week, a couple of weeks, a month, whatever makes sense at that particular moment in my life because I still have responsibilities outside of my writing like Mm -hmm. I have a day job and I have a husband and a household and Mm -hmm. friends and family I want to support and things that I'm doing so Mm -hmm. whatever makes sense in that moment is what I'll do and usually that helps because when I come back to it I'm coming back with a fresh eye Mm -hmm. and whatever and I'm always thinking about it as well Mm -hmm. so in that me stepping away sporadically randomly I'll be thinking about okay so this happened before this is what is happening next. What makes sense? What should be happening yeah. now? And so yeah. I'm constantly thinking about it. And usually just in the process of that, let my subconscious kind of work on it. Yeah. By the time I sit down again, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what I need to do. Boom, 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 moving on. Okay. So so um, you uh, write your first draft, mm-hmm. okay? And that wasn't where I was going to go, but I want to just go ahead and get this out. You write your first draft. You, you say, okay, I'm I'm finished writing. You take it and do what with it? Um, for a book, the next step would be to get somebody to. I usually do kind of like a like the first round of edits. Like I kind of go through and kind of like clean it up a little bit. You do that yourself. I'll do it for the first round of edits. Okay. Um, because I know when you're writing that first time, it's gonna be. You just trying to get the thoughts out of your brain and onto the paper is going to be rough. So I just kind of go through and like smooth out the rough edges and kind of clean it up and get it looking a little bit, you know, a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that would be to get somebody else, like an editor Mm -hmm. to go over it Mm -hmm. and also like clean up any grammatical errors, but also kind of like a a high level overview as well. Cause I also want to know like, how is it reading? Like, I know what I intended, but like, how are you reading this? Mm-hmm. Like, how is it coming across? Like, give me some feedback so I can make some more changes if I want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, okay. So then you, you wrote, so, okay. Th- so now my thing is this, when I used, when I started, when I was, when I started um, writing, not necessarily the form of writing you're doing, just writing for, myself as the actor to be mm-hmm. able to portray this character i didn't take it to anybody well screenwriting is a little bit different yeah but not totally because you do want somebody else to look at it you've yeah. been staring at this thing for so long you know it inside and outside front was in backwards so kind of like if you're writing an email or yeah. writing a paper you know how sometimes you'll be writing and because you're thinking it you'll skip a word yeah. like you'll say i'm going to the store but when you reread it you left out two and the because yeah. you said it in your mind but you missed it on the page yeah. it's kind of that same thing you're so familiar with it mm-hmm. if there is something wrong after a while you just you can't see it yeah. like you need a fresh eye to come behind you and kind of tell you where you can clean it up so um, so with a script that's going to be more of like a workshop mm-hmm. situation like i actually have a young lady um at my day job who also screenwrites yeah. so which was just you know fortunate like the lord was looking out he gave me a whole little writing buddy right at the day job yeah. so we can trade work and then we'll have lunch and we'll share like critiques and feedback for mm-hmm. to like um, do rewrites so you give it to somebody in the lane of an editor yes. and not to 
a random person. Correct. Yeah. I would not. I mean, when I was younger, back in the day, I might tap my friends or family to say, yeah. hey, read this and tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, but what I've come to understand is that, you know, we're all grown and busy and yeah. people can't just drop everything and look at something for you and then give it back in the time that I need it. Because yeah. I treat this like. Like you would think I'm getting like paid the way that I'm building my portfolio, the way that I'm writing these books. You would think I had a deadline like I'm working on it actively. So I can't wait, sit around and wait forever for the people I love to return it. And I get that. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even ask them to do that Mm. at this point because I just understand that they have their own their own things to be doing. So what that also means then is that I need a circle of writing friends who I can trade work with Mm. so they can give me their stuff. I can give them mine. We'll read. I'll give you feedback, which is also helpful because we're in this, like we're in the, we're, we're doing this. So we know the mechanics of it, yeah. like plus the nuances of it. Yeah. So the feedback I can give somebody or the feedback that they give me is valuable because they know, they know the industry like you do. Yeah. Um, and it's not just like an outsider's opinion telling, basically they're just telling you if they like it or not yeah. versus somebody telling you this specifically could be better if you did x y and z yeah. so it's just a difference of of critique depending on who you give it to yeah I, I, that was what i was wondering because so many times if you open yourself up for random people to critique it's almost like okay well you feel this 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 and there's so many people that feel this but you don't know where to go with beginning to try to like see it from that person's perspective and now you have a whole plethora of people oh, that yeah. are giving you advice that you may or may not need. And that's going to happen regardless, whether you have an editor, whether you have one writing friend, whether you're in a writing group and mm. everybody's critiquing, you know, you do a workshop uh, yeah. situation, you're going to have varying opinions sometimes. Everybody's going to agree other times. Um, but really, it I think the benefit is that you're getting a sense of what the audience or what uh, how other people are receiving it and then you can go inside and say i know what i intended is it coming across as i intended you know if it's not then you have a question to ask yourself am i going to trust that these folks just didn't get it for whatever reason and i'm gonna stick with it or Mm -hmm. do you agree with them do Mm -hmm. you agree that yeah i probably could do this a little bit better and then I'll make my my point will be stronger. So I'm going to go ahead and change it. Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of opinions, but you at the end of the day have to make the D. You have to decide, like, do cut it or keep it, you mm-hmm. know, change it, leave it alone. What's going to happen? Like, you have to decide that. Yeah. I'm sitting here with you right now, and I already know this. Without a shadow of a doubt, there will be a part two with us. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to speak that because I, I've learned so much in our conversation that um you know I want to make sure that I get you on again so okay. that we can we can elaborate more get more into detail. Let's do it. So oh, that uh, means I'm doing good. Yeah, I was gonna say you know you said early on in the episode hey you know what this is my first time but it don't seem like it you have not stuttered a bit. You know what I'm saying you are speaking eloquently and and listen this is a great episode. All right, great. This is where I wanna I, I wanna go with it. Okay, so um have I covered everything um. So you read a lot. I do a fair amount of reading, okay. but honestly, I don't read as much as I want to 
But again, life is like you said, finding the time to just sit down in one spot and yeah. not have anything else to do and just read. That part has been challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for years, I've had like a running list of to be read, the stuff that I want to read. Mm-hmm. And then I rarely ever do. So this year, that was actually one of my goals. So I probably so far have read like maybe 12 or 13 books this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy with that. Um, but I have to take a break from it sometimes because there are other things that I have to be doing. Like in my free time, am I going to read something or am I going to write something? Yeah. Or do I want to catch up on my podcast? As a screenwriter, when I'm watching TV or movies or whatever, it's not always just for my entertainment like I'm studying it Mm. like so am I gonna catch up on my Netflix shows am I gonna Mm. watch this new movie like I'm watching the pacing of it I'm watching the choices that were made by the writers by the actors Mm. what this what kind of sets they're using um the setup of the scene like how they're filming it when they're going in tight when Mm. it when they're like I'm studying it like I'm so I have to I only have so much free time yeah so I have to decide what am I gonna do And I kind of, I try to plan it out in advance. I try to keep it balanced, um, but it's not. And of course, there's always content everywhere. It, yeah. You can't keep up with everything anyway. Yeah. So I've been giving that up. I, you know, I, I say that because I watch, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I was wondering that, I was wondering, is it is it a possibility that you could be a podcaster and not listen to podcasts? So I'll pose this question. Is it a possibility for you to be an author and not read books? I think <laughs> because I know that everybody in everybody would normally say no. Uh if you're a writer you have to be a reader. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with that but only to a certain extent. Yeah. Because sometimes there's a natural innate ability like there's somebody out there who can just do it. Yeah. But I do think that you are limiting your potential, no matter how talented you are, like from the absolute most beginner, the most n- novice person you can think of to the most experienced, wherever you are on that spectrum. If you're not a reader, you're limiting your potential because okay. you're it's like the playbook, yeah. you know, like that when you're reading what other people are doing, you're learning from their mistakes. Yeah. You're learning from their wins. If they're executing or doing something really well, there's a technique in there that you might want to apply to your own writing their word choice what the prose is looking like the kind of characters they're using the the ideas they're coming up with for story for plot genre etc especially if you write in a particular genre there's usually a formula that goes along with your genre like the story usually unfolds like this Mm -hmm. and then it's your job to make that formula fresh and fun and new but there's a formula and if you don't read you don't know that Mm -hmm. so when you're writing it you're putting something together that a reader would then not understand because they read they know what the formula is this doesn't fit and they probably won't get it so I'll say that it is possible to be an author without being a reader Um, but that's not the case for most people because you are severely limiting your potential if you're not reading what's out there. What's your genre? Mine is uh, new adult. That's what you read. Okay. So that's the genre that is right after young adult, which is like, what, 12 to 18, I think, something like Mm -hmm. that, kind of that um, adolescent time, but it's not, into the adult genres who are talking to people who are established Mm -hmm. career people grown kids real serious issues etc from leaving college or just going to college to i'm married with some kids there's a gap there and so that's the new adult yeah you know that's the 
I don't know, person in their 20s or right up to maybe right up to 30 who is just trying to establish themselves as an adult in every aspect, career, relationship, financially, just in, spiritually in every way you can think they're trying to find themselves. So I tend okay. to I tend to write in new adult. OK, OK. So the What's Next podcast is all about bringing. Well, so I was sitting in my mother's kitchen. Right. And uh, uh I was thinking to myself, okay, John, you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, and this is all within one project, right? And so I started to come, I started to ask myself, what's next? So I posed that question to you. What is immediately next for you, the author, screenwriter, and ghost writer? So after this year then? Yeah. Okay. So I do. If the, is that the, is that, okay. So everything that you were talking about in 136 days. Mm-hmm. I want to do it this year. Okay. So what would be next after that? So what's next after that is I do want to put the retooled graduate book out. Okay. Um. So, but I need to finish editing it. Okay. Um. So I would focus on that. I have my author that I'm working with as a ghostwriter. Okay. Um, so I want to finish his project. Okay. Um, so that's also right. That's right there. Um, that I'm, that's going to take me into next year. So I'm going to be doing that next year. I'm going to be editing my book, preparing to put that out next year. Okay. And then I also want to um, start making things, not just writing things, okay. but making things. Okay. So um, I earlier this year, um, I actually partner with my line sister, Kendra Mills. Okay. Shouts out K Mills. What up? What up, K? Um, and we started working on a web series, okay. like just kind of brainstorming ideas and, okay. you know, developing characters, developing story, et cetera. Um, because I'm working on so many projects, we kind of had to put that on hold for now. Yeah. But certainly by next year, if not before, I want to pick that up because I can see us actually taking that and actually filming it and like at least making a season one and putting it out and kind of exploring that area. Okay. So uh, what I like to do on the podcast is I like to give uh, a token of my podcast and my company, a token of the company to every creative that comes on the podcast. This is a black SVI t-shirt that is exclusive to all the creatives that come on my podcast. Appreciate you coming out. Thank you. So I got two shirts. You got two shirts. I'm special. I got two shirts. (laughs) I get to come back. Two, one more time yeah, for two, yeah, two yeah, appearances. Yes, yes, I'm yes. I'm doing a thing. Yes, man. Houston, Texas. I do what I do for myself to prove I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies, in them valleys, no Pilates More way get you more wet, now nah, that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace Space, that Ace of Spade get crappy Like cheers to the money guy, the Willie nigga Who buy them bottles, and then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dawg Five bottles, one dick Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line But love is shower time You know it rose rain When your cloud is nine Get off that high-ass hussy This a private party Been on my dick too long Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust Fuck us up Life is so
over and go. Over toast. Yes, we over. did it again. Sipping with no remorse. We gon' do it again, and we gon' do it again.